the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you're buying a house, or perhaps moving to a new area, you look at the location of the house itself, the neighborhood it's in, all the surrounding community, maybe the city, the town as well. Your real estate agent will tell you, location is everything. Reading scripture is really no different, except it's a different word, it's context is everything. So when you read scriptures, you want to learn our Lord's words. Look at the passages around the passage you're looking at, the surrounding verses, the chapter, the book, and so forth. Today's gospel reading, and really the next couple of Sundays here, as the Easter season continues but also draws to an end, they're good examples of why context in scripture is important. Because we heard Jesus' words to his disciples in John 16, spoken to the disciples in the upper room on that Thursday of Holy Week, before the trial, before Pilate, before his crucifixion, before his resurrection. So maybe think of these three Sundays of Easter, these last three Sundays, like a flashback in a movie. You're in the season of Easter now, and we know what happens. We're after Jesus' resurrection. We know the end of the story. The disciples in John 16, however, when they first heard these words, did not expect the story to turn out the way that it did. They were hearing Jesus' words before his death and resurrection. So when Jesus told his disciples, A little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me, we wonder with the disciples, what is he talking about? Well, he's talking about his death and his resurrection. For that little while, Jesus was betrayed and killed, dead and buried in the tomb, and they did not see him, just as he told them. And again, a little while, three days to be precise, they saw him again. They saw him raised from the dead and alive again as he promised. And then, throughout the 40 days until his ascension, several more times. This is also why Jesus tells his disciples, You will weep and you will lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. You see, if Jesus only dies, the disciples didn't see him alive again, and if he didn't rise again, well then, of course, as St. Paul says, our faith is futile. There is no joy, no hope, no gift of the Holy Spirit, no guidance to his word of truth, no comfort in what he is promising and sending his disciples out to do. If Jesus only dies, then of course sin and death and the devil win because Jesus did not defeat death. And death has been defeating ever since Genesis 3. But Jesus, of course, as we know, does not only die. He lays down his life in order that he may take it up again. It's true, the disciples and the women wept at Jesus' death while the world rejoiced that the Son of God was crucified and dead and buried. But it's also true that the disciples saw Jesus' hands and his side. They saw his feet. They saw the wounds. They heard his voice speaking. They saw him eat fish. They heard him say and declare, Peace be with you. You see, the disciples' joy was not found by looking within themselves, but by looking without, outside of themselves, to Jesus and his dying and rising. You see, Easter does that. Easter turns sorrow into joy. And you think, well, that's great for them. 
What about us? They got to see this all happen. But what do Jesus' words to his disciples back then have to say to us today? You will be sorrowful, Jesus told the disciples. And perhaps you think, now that part, I can understand. That part hits home. There's plenty of sorrow to go around in this world, isn't there? Plenty of days where we simply don't feel joyful. Plenty of things to lament about and weep over in the world around us, perhaps in our own lives too. After all, we live in a world that hates God and opposes His Christ. We live in a world that rejoices more in celebrity and wealth and power than compassion and mercy and love. A world that rejoices when Christians are persecuted or murdered. A world that rejoices when love for our neighbor grows cold. That rejoices when we look for joy within ourselves or in anything or anyone apart from Jesus crucified and risen. You see, the world rejoices and we weep. We weep for the world we live in, around us. We weep with worry and uncertainty for the future, for family or friends, or any who have fallen or drifted away from the faith, for those who we know or ourselves who seem to suffer inexplicably, seemingly without end at times too. And if all that's not bad enough, of course, then we have our own sinful selves to struggle and wrestle and live with. So where's the joy, we might ask? Easter. Easter turns sorrow into joy. Now to be sure, in many ways, our situation is entirely different from the disciples. Remember, we're in the season of Easter after all these things were accomplished. They were hearing all this before it. We live some 2,000 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And we also have different worries, different fears, sorrows, sufferings. But in many ways, much of that is also the same. We wait. For we wait that final Easter that has not yet come. At least, not yet anyhow, though it's promised. We find ourselves living too in a little while. A little while waiting for that day where we will see with our own eyes Christ's returning glory where we will join with Job in seeing our Redeemer in resurrected flesh in our own glorified resurrected bodies too, when our joy will be made full and no one will take our joy from us. You see, Easter does turn our sorrow into joy. So you can go looking for your sins and sorrows, but you won't find them. Jesus has taken them all. Every suffering, every sin, all weariness and worry and wickedness, he's taken them all into his tomb and left them there. And there, there is joy. Christ crucified and risen for you. The joy of Easter is that death cannot hold Jesus, and that means it will not hold you either. The joy of Easter is that God's enemies did not win. The world did not win. Sin and death do not get the last word. Jesus does. And his word was, it is finished. It is done, as he says in Revelation. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Now does that mean that all our sorrows in this life will instantly, when we leave church today, turn into joy? No, not in this life. We don't have that promise. But we do have the promise that one day they will. That Easter turns our sorrows into joy. The joy of Easter is the same 
that Holy Spirit that the Lord sent to the apostles to strengthen and guide them in their calling that he sends with you along your way in this life to dwell with you, to be poured out upon you in water and word, to lead and guide you as he did the disciples through this life that is often full of suffering and sorrow to point you to Jesus crucified and risen for you and where true joy is found in Jesus' Easter for you. See, the joy of Easter is that the same Lord who was with his disciples on the night when he was betrayed and took bread and wine and gave it to them saying, this is my body, this is my blood. He also comes to you here this day with the same words, with the same body and blood to forgive and to strengthen you to heal and comfort you, to bring you healing in body and soul to life everlasting. See, today and always, Easter turns our sorrow into joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.